Hello, everybody. It's been a while, hasn't it? Well, welcome back to the Aviation Spotters podcast, and I am your host, Colin Moser. Yeah, it's it's been a minute, hasn't it, since our last uh, episode, full episode. I know I did that little um, that little catch-up episode uh, a couple months ago, and I want to be honest with you, it was hard. Uh, I was working night shift, and I just didn't have the time to do this. It um, got really, really hard and really difficult, and you know, get off work, go to bed, wake up, go to work, go to bed, repeat. And it was just really hard to get content out to everybody. And, you know, I've had a lot of support as well uh, to tell me not to give up on this. And I haven't. And I think this is a great episode to restart everything. And um, yeah, so as you all know, we have a pretty in the aviation spotter or photographer or enthusiast or nerd community. There's a pretty massive air show coming up this week at Edwards Air Force Base in the lovely Antelope Valley in California. Um, this is one of the largest air shows, uh, most hyped air shows in recent memory. Um, and I was asked to be media for it. Um, unfortunately, life gets in the way. And there are and there are certain things that come before aviation and airplanes. And, um, unfortunately I will not be attending the show, even though we had planned it out for actually since 2019, actually. Um, but unfortunately I will not be there, but life comes before spotting airplanes always, no matter what. Um, I did feel an obligation though, to record this episode on behalf of, uh, Edwards as I was invited to be media for the event. So we're going to have a great discussion with the air show director, Major Samuel Friedman. Um, we answer some listener questions in there. And all in a while, he's just a great guy. You can tell he's really enthusiastic about his air show he's been putting on for so long. And, and it's all coming to fruition for him. And it's one of the most hyped air shows in the past couple of years. And, um, you know, it sucks not being able to attend, but I hope this episode will answer some questions that each of you guys have. And just to provide a little more hype for this, because I hope all of you have a fantastic time at this air show. Everybody who has the photo pass, I hope you guys have some amazing photos. I cannot wait to see them. And um, yeah, I hope everybody's has an amazing time. So without further ado, I'm not going to keep you guys waiting any longer. I know you guys have been waiting for an episode for, man, a lot since January, a full episode since January, and we're going to give it to you right now. So anyway, without further ado... Here we go. Roll the music and uh, enjoy this conversation with Major Sam Friedman. All right, everybody. And as promised, we have uh, someone pretty big uh, who's involved in starting the Edwards Air Force Base Aerospace Valley Air Show. So without further ado... Uh, it is my honor to introduce the director of the air show, Mr. Samuel Freeman. Sam, good evening. How are you doing? Good, good, Colin. Thanks for having me on here. It's good to get an opportunity to talk about the show. We've got a lot of us who are very excited for it and passionate about it. So thanks for uh, helping us get the word out. Oh, of course. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to take this interview. First of all, this little rinky-dinky aviation podcast, but... You know, there's going to be quite a few aviation photographers out there, and I know that your team has done some absolutely amazing work for the aviation community with the photo passes and some other stuff like that. So on behalf of the community, thank you guys for thinking about us when it comes to something like this. No worries. We're glad to be able to include you and uh, everybody else we can. 
Awesome. Well, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. So let's get to know you a little bit. So who you are, uh, where you're from, and uh, what you're currently doing. Uh, so Major Sam Freeland. Um, so I'm currently out here at Edwards flying on a C-12. Uh, done a couple different things in the Air Force. Uh, started out with primarily a reconnaissance background for most of it. Uh, a little time in uh, T6 Texan 2s doing some training as well. And that's what I did uh, right before this. So I've been at Edwards for a little over a year now. And uh, I just really enjoyed participating in events that uh, showcase what the Air Force does and being able to kind of give back with that. You know, we're, uh, I think we have a lot of dedicated professionals really focused on being the best at their craft and uh, being able to take on an air show and open up our gates and share it with the public and show that kind of level of professionalism and what we all work so hard at is just a, a great opportunity uh, that was hard to say no to. Yeah, and putting on an air show of this caliber at this type of base isn't an easy thing to do either. Yeah, I think uh, looking at other air shows too, I try to lean on others and call them, uh, try not to learn things the hard way. So I try to reach out to other air shows and uh, learn from their experiences. So we have things about Edwards that make it challenging, but we have uh, some things that uh, alleviate some of those challenges. I mean, if you look at the lineup of aircraft on the ramp at Edwards, uh, a lot of people will say every day is an air show here. Uh, just with the wide variety and diversity of aircraft we have that you can see at any given moment. So finding some of those, um, we have so many organically already out there uh, to be able to provide them. So we have some things are easier because of how Edwards is structured and made as far as finding some of those unique aircraft um, and the aerospace valley concept of it too. Uh, sharing our facility with uh, the NASA Armstrong Flight Research Center uh, just down the taxiway. It doesn't really get a whole lot easier than that for trying to incorporate uh, another significant aerospace contributor. Um, so we are really fortunate in the lineup we have here and just on the installation. Yeah, and you also have um, other branches too at Naval Air Station China Lake, just a couple miles to the north, and of course the uh, uh, Palmdale facility just right to the south as well. Yes. Yeah. And we share a lot of airspace with them, a lot of overlap, deconflation. So those relationships uh, run pretty deep as far as uh, how we execute things here just on a daily basis and not just for the air show. And it's in the aviation nerd community. We also call that area the promised land because, you know, <laughs> we like we like seeing those, those those things. You know, we like seeing what's what's coming in and what's being tested and what's new and just a sense of history as well with Edwards. Right. Because. Anything that was everything back in the early days of aerospace happened in that area, right? Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier and all those other old X-planes were, were tested out of Edwards as well. Yes, yes. So many significant uh, accomplishments. And, you know, our theme, uh, Breaking Tomorrow's Barriers Today, too. I, I get asked a lot about like people I've met who maybe have come back to the field, uh, come back to Edwards and spend time here if I've rubbed shoulders with them. But I think some of the folks even planning this, um, some of those test professionals uh, that I cross paths with now, some of the recent ones, I like to think uh, given the opportunity to make those advances, a lot of them are well positioned for that. And I'm probably meeting the next generation of folks who are going to do those things just by being out here at Edwards and in daily operational and just coordination things. When I take a phone call from somebody who has a question about flying, I a lot of times ask myself, is this the next person who's going to go break that next barrier? And uh, they got a lot of people who are very capable of doing those things. And it's, it's just a great place to work with those individuals. Yeah. So what's then the purpose of this air show? You said it, it's inspiring the next generation, but there's also a really big STEM focus on that. So what's, so those two kind of go hand in hand, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So kind of it's this educate, inspire, um, and sharing, opening those gates to share that. Um, I mean, STEM is the foundation for those accomplishments. Um, so when we talk about inspiring people, well, we don't want to just inspire people. We want to give them a path to action. And, you know, by putting the men and women um, who serve here on Edwards in some of our STEM booths and in front of those aircraft to speak to not just what they do and why it's great, but how they got there and provide individuals with that inspiration and a path to action so that they can actually get to those places. Um, whether it puts them in the cockpit of an aircraft or it's designing that next aircraft um, or having some positive influence in the community just because they came out here and were able to interact with those individuals. You know, I think uh, one of the common inputs we get is maybe they're struggling through one of those uh, higher level challenging math classes, but then they come out here and see that and go, okay, you know, maybe this is worth it. Uh, and talk to those individuals, ask Ask them what classes they had, what their struggles were. And I think uh, you'll see that there's probably a lot of common threads there for people to find with those professionals uh, to inspire and motivate them to action and kind of give them a pathway to those achievements. Yeah. And that's it's also really amazing that you can actually talk with with the pilot who, you know, you're, you're, they were going through, like I said, the hard math classes or the harder engineering classes or whatever. And then you get to talk to them. They also get to see the physical thing that they get to do, right? Either it be the, the flying the Viper or just any other certain X aircraft you guys have out there to do certain things. And that also would inspire not just someone who's in college or in high school struggling with the class, but also at the younger level too, right? The, the, the next generation who isn't really thinking about the military app, but just a way to get them like, hey, if you want to go pursue a STEM career in engineering or math or science, this might be the way to do it because they get to see, they get to interact with the people on the ground as well as this is what you could be doing. Yeah, yeah. Not just our pilots too. I mean, like our flight test engineers, our civil service folks on the other side of it as well too. Uh, some of our aircraft are going to have some of those maintenance personnel out there uh, as well speaking to how they support and how they make that uh, the mission happened for us um, and all their contributions too. So we're going to have a pretty broad spectrum uh, on display that kind of really showcases um, from cradle to grave, you know, the folks who develop it, the folks who keep it running. Um, and some of the folks are going to keep it running. When you talk about the age of some of our platforms, you're going to have that whole spectrum out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of things, like you said, there's a lot of behind the scenes, you know, you see the pilots flying the airplanes, but you don't see the teams, a massive, massive armada behind the whole show to make the airplane fly and to develop the next software, to develop the next aircraft. There's such a massive team that's not flying behind that person as well. No, we don't. We definitely love to showcase that team effort. That is a key component of what we're trying to communicate as well, too. That all those folks out there, um, they may be out there operating that aircraft, but that support network is a significant breadth and depth to make that happen. So we talked about, well, it's a couple of minutes ago, you brought up the fact that NASA Armstrong, just right down the taxiway for you guys, but what are some of the other challenges about getting a show like this to come to fruition? Um, I know there's a lot of also interdepartment stuff with the Navy and the Marines and Army, et cetera, but there's some other challenges of putting on a show like this. It's not an easy thing to do. Yes. Yeah. I think uh, one of the biggest challenges probably for uh, is the logistical component of that, right? Um, a military installation is not designed to open it up and be as open as it can to free flow a bunch of individuals on there. There's another 363 days a year where the purpose is to control that access 
um, for and make sure everybody coming on has a sense of purpose related to that mission. Um, so to open it up for an air show, it's not like flipping a light switch. Um, there's a lot of planning and effort on the teams that go into, okay, where can we get more people on and how do you get them to an event? Because uh, And Military Flight Line is not an entertainment venue by nature. Um, yes, it has a lot of space, uh, but there's a lot of challenges in understanding uh, what the bounds are with how many people you can bring on and how you're going to get them there so that you can take care of all those guests um, and make sure everyone has a good time and they get those opportunities to interact in a positive way um, with everything that we're trying to showcase and that they carry that through with them as they uh, depart the installation. Even. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I've gone on base multiple times to different, different military installations. It, it It's not an easy thing for a civilian to do. It's a very rigorous need. There's a lot of background and paperwork needs to be signed. So I think you said that great, but you know, it's all for a good purpose, right? It's all for inspiring the next generation, as you said. And I think that kind of I was actually going to ask a question about, you know, what is the purpose of the air show and what is mission and purpose? But I think we answered that a couple of minutes ago. You know, we want to inspire the next generation of uh, potential aviators or engineers. Yes. Yeah. And, and anything, I mean, civil service, I think there's a lot of other ways to contribute out there too. Like you'll see our security forces component with a table and displaying what they do as far as uh, law enforcement in the military. Uh, another great one that I always think is interesting is uh, EOD, electronic, or electronic, Explosive Ordnance Disposal folks, EOD folks will have a table and displaying that too when you think about other components of military mission sets. And you can talk to them about the amount of people it takes to support what they do as well. Um, so that there is a pretty good diversity beyond the flying too to just make a military installation anywhere work. Especially with the prominence that is Edwards Air Force Base as well. Yes. yes. So what can people expect from the air show? Um, so we know that there's going to be flying and static displays. And actually, there's something else that's very unique to the Edwards show, which is the race to supersonic. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Some of our supersonic stuff. And as we're working on that, too, refining what we even know about it and incorporating that into the show, um, just having a supersonic corridor over our airfield um, where routinely every day we kind of experience those sonic booms. And being able to share those with all those folks who come out there, uh, that they will experience that sonic boom. And then one of those complementary relationships is uh, when we discuss that, um, talking to NASA, they've done a lot of the uh, background research and instrumentation on around the facility to kind of understand sonic booms better. So part of that complementary relationship was talking to them about, hey, we want to do a sonic boom for demonstration. And they have just this amazing understanding of when and where an air aircraft needs to be based on current atmospheric conditions to uh, maximize that sonic boom and where it goes. So in our coordination with them, we're able to not only execute those to kind of bring in or usher in different parts of our show, but to focus that sonic boom on the crowd area. Uh, to make sure they kind of get the most of it. And even though these aircraft are like 30,000 feet and above while they're executing that, that sonic boom is with that coordination and understanding of them is what is going to enable that crowd to really feel that uh, and understand to the utmost of kind of what that sonic boom is. And that's from a long ways away. So to be able to share that and take all that effort and understanding and kind of bring it uh, to the show is I'm, I'm very thrilled with that compared to what other shows do not have the ability to do that. If you see that the Thunderbirds or the Blue Angels, you know they'll get close to Mach 1, but they won't go past it. But having 
to just be able to experience the sonic boom, especially over your head, that is unheard of out of any other air show that you're legally allowed to do this. You know, a pilot accidentally breaks the sound barrier. It's, it's not going to be a fun, fun time for them after they, they land. Yeah. And if you think 30,000 feet away too, and can kind of appreciate that if you were near that aircraft and, uh, reduce that proximity um now you're talking you know you're over five miles away from that so you can imagine if somebody was lower level um but then the other tie-in too for the nasa folks there is um a lot of the driver for that and understanding that is making supersonic flight more accessible so we kind of spoke to we're maximizing it going to give you as much as we can at the show but one of their key components uh, as we go you know farther faster more efficient is kind of going quieter um, and when you look at uh, some of the commercial industries pursuing supersonic flight, to be able to understand that, um, they're really going to be able to open doors um, by understanding that and applying it in a manner that reduces that, kind of goes the opposite direction of what we're doing with some of the things in the show. So we're really excited to kind of see that. It's the Aerospace Valley Air Show, and you know this is the best way to, to showcase the uh the general public this is what we're working on for the future the future of sustained supersonic travel like the the boom supersonic aircraft that's current development right now and uh, nasa's i think x-58 i believe one of their um their uh, x aircraft that they're currently testing out there is, is that the right designation for it i don't know if it's the x-58 i know they have a lot of x designations i'm not sure about that one yeah it's, it's that's really cool to uh to be able to experience that up close and you know, not the your average person doesn't drive all the way out to the desert just to go see a supersonic boom, right? So I think that is a fantastic way of including uh, not just the technological advance that is supersonic flight, but also the historic value of supersonic flight to Edwards, right? Because this is where Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier, what, 70 years ago? 75. So Bell X-1 team, yeah. Um, at the same year, the at the inception of the Air Force was also the same time in the same year that uh, uh, the Bell X-1 team was able to crush through that barrier and really open up a, a whole nother range from transonic uh, all the way through supersonic for operations across the board for manned aircraft. So uh, to be able to celebrate that is, is, is a great piece of this, and we're thrilled to have that and just demonstrate the capability that was unleashed on that day 75 years ago. And I think that's a great way to celebrate it as well and let let a couple thousands of people, tens of thousands of people experience the supersonic boom for maybe once in their life. Yes. So, but what else can people expect uh, from the air show as well? Other key components. So we kind of talked, we do have the STEM Expo. So it is the air show STEM Expo and open house. So we have kind of that dedicated STEM environment too. Um, I mean, we got robotics fields. We have a lot of uh, industry leaders with uh, hands-on STEM activities. So, I mean, people who want to, uh, I know we spoke a lot about the photographers who uh, could probably tell you who built each uh, piece of these aircraft um, and are very passionate, but we have, you know, for that, like, I don't know, nine to 16 year age group, you could round a little bit either way on that, um, that STEM hands-on with these professionals who have accomplished a lot of those things with hands-on activities uh, to engage with them. And that's actually, uh, you've been to a, probably a few air shows in your day. Um, that's in one of our largest hangar spaces. So just finding a reprieve and some shade, uh, you've got a comfortable area where they can get that hands-on experience um, in a very, in one of our best settings that we have available to really offer for folks to engage there. So that, that um, I'm really excited for that. Um, and I think that's a unique thing. Uh, currently uh, in discussion working on uh, 
Sophia with NASA um, for their infrared uh, astronomy studies and getting that to possibly do a flyby or be in the, the static lineup. But either way, you should be able to see that at the show. Uh, I don't know how many people who have that or the opportunity to engage with that aircraft at that level. Um, and I think that really rings true for a lot of uh, the scientific endeavors and research uh, that go on here is in that same vein. Um, so being able to get people to there and see an, a flying telescope, um, I'm, I'm really I'm really excited about that. That's definitely on my top favorites list as well, too. Um, but uh, those are kind of things you can expect there. Um, otherwise, I, I think just kind of a little something for everything when you kind of talk about those uh, the younger audience and the STEM Expo and those folks there and where they're targeted um, all the way through uh, to maybe a more advanced understanding right out there at the flight line. But I think anyone standing on the fence watching those aircraft has uh, different levels of appreciation for different reasons. Uh, and I find uh, I find it hard to believe anyone wouldn't be impressed, awed, and uh, inspired uh, and enjoy the show if they, if they get out there and experience all that. Seeing Sophia, it's even more incredible that um, you hopefully she does show up. She just finished her last operational mission, so this might yes. be her last final mission is inspiring the next generation of, of um, STEM professionals to go forth with their career like that. But, um, my, my thing is, is I, I'm actually more, I'm actually more excited to see the old classic airliners there, the L 10, 11, the DC eight, the 747 SP, <laughs> to be honest, just because when they started coming on or they started going out when we, we were just starting to get into photography. So my generation is really looking forward to seeing those old classic airliners, uh, on display. I love that. Everyone I talk to has something that is their favorite for a different reason. And that is my favorite thing about that. Like when I want to push someone I'm like, well, what do you like? Cause I think if you just look at the lineup, you will find something in there and a, re a good reason to be uh, uh, kind of enthralled with some of the things we have out there. And I, I think that's great. And I love hearing everybody's personal story about yeah. what they want out of it and why it's so meaningful to them and being able to provide to people. That's, that's like huge. That makes it completely worth it for me and my team. It's really cool also um, that uh, 10 years ago, I was in a NASA high school course called the Idaho Science and Aerospace Scholars. And I actually was in a top performing level of a class where I was able to go out to NASA Ames for a week and bumps, uh, bump shoulder to shoulder with the NASA scientists that uh, at the time, the Curiosity rover was about to make its landing in, on Mars. So I was bumping shoulder to shoulder with the people who are designing the uh, entry vehicle into Mars uh, through the wind tunnels. And uh, is also... The other thing, too, is SLS, the Space Launch System for the um, Artemis mission, was just becoming online. And so talking with the scientists 10 years ago and now seeing it on the launch pad is also, it's, it's one of those feelings as well that, you know, you're seeing something come to fruition like that, which, you know. Um, but, and plus, I'm switching gears, the L-1011, the, the uh, Northrop Grumman one is the only airworthy L-1011 in the world. So that's uh, really, really awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, there's, yeah. Somebody asked me, well, what is out there? I was like, I could start listing. I'm only going to get a quarter of the way through. I will never pass that quiz of everything that is out there without having the list in front of me. Yeah. I, know I have my favorites and hearing about some other people's favorites makes them uh, stick. And I remember them a little bit more, but yeah, the flying l that is definitely, I think, uh, a significant attraction. I will say, uh, looking at some social media stuff about some of these uh, enthusiasts, enthusiast borderline fanatics related to uh, air stuff, uh, air shows and aviation in general. I think I've seen the L ten eleven trending quite well among those crowds. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, um, 
definitely going to be a crowd pleaser for sure. But um, so assuming the show goes well, which I don't think why, why wouldn't it go well, but um, what would be the future of the show? Do you foresee it coming back if, if it all goes well? You know, I think uh, if, if it goes well and it's a great show, it would be hard to say no to a repeat success. Uh, you know, that would make the decision very difficult. Um, one of the pieces of advice I've heard recently is don't uh, commit your successor to anything. Um, so I'm definitely not committing anyone to anything. Uh, my goal is to put on the best show possible and make it hard for the next person to say no because it was just that good um, is kind of the goal. That's where I stand. Do you, you wanted to, to, to say, man, this was the best air show I've ever been to in my yeah. life, right? Yeah. Look what Edwards is capable of doing with what we have here um, and providing and you know capturing all that knowledge and everything we did to hand it off so that somebody could look at that and say, wow, we can do this. We can Not only was this the greatest, but we can continue to do that and reach that bar um, and just set the next person up for success um, through all our efforts and plannings, putting on a great show. And then capturing that in a way that the next person could do that as well, too. And I think the air show would also be considered a success if that one person got inspired to take the next step into STEM as, as well, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, that return on investment, if, if one person came out of there and did a little better and, and decided, hey, they joined the Air Force or whatever, even if they didn't, they went civil service, maybe uh, they become an engineer on the civilian side and they... Uh, contribute that next fundamental thing, whether they're looking at that Curiosity rover or the space launch system that you were talking about. If you had somebody who went into that role, uh, it would the return on investment would be far beyond what we've put into it, which is what we're hoping for. Well, then let's hope it goes well because I would love to see an Edwards Air Force Base show. I know this one, this one got delayed too, right, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, yeah, they uh, planned up for kind of the full in-person show in 2020 and kind of the leap leading the way with kind of innovation. Edwards uh, was able to pivot uh, very late in the game. Um, when I'm looking at my planning and the challenges I'm looking at, uh, I feel for those folks who late in that game were really looking to bring back that Edwards Air Show, uh, went to kind of that hybrid concept and were looking to reach out uh, virtually while putting on an air show and providing as much of that experience as they could to as many people as they could without physically bringing them there. So 2020, they kind of put on that hybrid air show and really overcame a lot of challenges to still provide a, a pretty high quality experience to as many people as possible. So huge kudos to the, the 2020 team for sure. Yeah. And unfortunately, I actually wasn't able to, to view that for some reason, but I did see some clips and highlights and it was the best that we got, right? There was no air shows in 2020, but you guys made it work. Yeah. You know, this in the, in the, in the, just the climate that was 2020, you guys made it work. And I think a lot of people are very appreciative of that. Yes. And the, the timing of it was interesting too. I was uh, stationed in Florida at the time and uh, I was catching clips of it and watching it too. And I didn't even know I had an assignment here yet too. So um, kind of serendipitous. It's kind of nice to see that and then get to be involved in it when I didn't think those opportunities would ever align. Yeah. And now you have to deal with potentially hundreds of thousands of people actually showing up on your doorstep instead of just yeah, on yeah. the computer. But it is nice to bring them here and get uh, uh, that quality of face-to-face -face experience. That is, that is difficult to re replace in the best of circumstances. So to have that person standing uh, right in front of them and see them in that interaction. Um, and I mean, we can't deliver a sonic boom via speaker um, no, that I no. know of anyway. So to be able to pull all that together and I think you see that environment too, 
Um, and appreciate the, uh, the base and the installation and how that works even when people drive on and get parked and see maybe it could be their first time seeing just the layout of a military installation um, and how we operate and a little snippet of that. So, And it's always nice for the general public to appreciate what goes on behind the fence as well as, you know, there are some people um, that not just within the community, but just everyday people that you know, read about Chuck Yeager or just read about Edwards, the test program from back in the day in the 1950s and stuff like that. And maybe their, their, their parents served there or great grandparents and just be able to come on base and walk the same, walk in the same places that their parents or grandparents may have walked to is also another fantastic reason. Yeah. That level of interaction too. I mean, our uh, parking location, even on that lake bed, um, just being on that soil under that lake bed, and the amount of co- uh, accomplishments and history uh, that have crossed the surface of that lake bed, uh, shuttle landings, I, you name it out there. Um, I mean, that sh- that is like sacred aviation ground. Is, and yeah. park there and people get, I was excited when I got to go out there and just even assess it and start looking at it for parking. And I was like, can we get out? Can I just step? I just want to stand on this uh, ground here where these accomplishments have happened and just kind of appreciate that. And we get to share that. So I, I hope people who come out there and park on there realize that that is uh, it is a large lake bed, but it has a, a lot of historical significance out there. And uh, it's good to be able to share that as well, too. It's a great national asset, a giant lake bed for accommodating a lot of aviation accomplishments. Yeah, they are literally walking on a lake bed of aviation history, not just aviation history, but history in general. I mean, it's yes. Rogers Dry Lake Bed is one of those incredible, incredible things. Uh, 2000, like uh, last year, I was able to uh, meet up with a buddy of mine and we drove, you know, you, could, you can drive the uh, within the base as a civilian, just uh, the ring road that goes around it for access and all that. And and we drove it past it and he's and I'm like, holy crap, that's that's the lake bed. That is the famous Edwards Air Force Base lake bed. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's and maybe some people won't even realize that. They were not gonna appreciate that it's always just a dry lake bed, but to the people that know, it is it it's it's pretty it's an honor to be walking on literally the footsteps of history. Yes, yeah. It's so great. Yeah. And I'm not worried that everybody knows it, but those who I think who do already know it will fully appreciate it. Um, and that'll just just be one other uh, uh, contributor to our motivation to, to make this happen. Well, uh, before we close it out, I have a couple of listener questions, if you wouldn't mind answering a few of them. Okay, yeah. So let's see. Um, Ethan Taff asks, uh, what's the process like to try and get a demo team or an act? Okay, so it really depends on uh, the type of act and what you're looking for. When you're talking about our, our headliners, like the Thunderbirds, That's and you're trying Okay, which specific act are you talking about? So he didn't he didn't say anything specific, but say like um, the F thirty five demo team or something like that. Okay, so all those demo teams um, because they have packed schedules for the year and they're trying to cover as much ground as possible. Um, most of your uh, typical demo teams, uh, military side of the house, require that you put in the ask for them one year in advance to even get considered. Um, so the supply and demand there, there's definitely uh, no shortage of demand for them. Um, so you put that in for a year prior, um, and they have a lot of their processes and folks who look at it, uh, the impact of the air show, the area, what air shows they've done um, prior to that, um, and, you know what maybe their target audience is um, for the demonstration and who they're going to reach with those things. Um, and then they ultimately come back 
and the year prior at a December convention, uh, they make their giant announcements and everybody's, you know, on pins and needles about, hey, we requested all these for our show uh, and you're asking for the moon um, and they're supporting absolutely as much as they can. And you just hope you're uh, kind of a piece of that um, and get a chance to have them uh, be a part of your show. Um, so that's kind of the big overview of the process. So that, and I'm assuming then the same would go for the Thunderbirds, but a little bit longer out then, right? Two years. Wow. So your headliner acts like your Blue Angels and your Thunderbirds, your team is requesting those at least two years in advance. So if you're wondering how long people have been thinking about this show and how long they've been engaged uh, in making all this happen, uh, when you have, see a headliner act, you know that two years, and you could probably even think three years back before somebody had the inkling to, uh, to pursue that. To fill it, to learn the process and fill everything out, and even have a chance at getting them uh, lined up. So, so we are very excited to have uh, the Thunderbirds in our lineup, having put that request in over two years ago, and having them uh, been selected for this. And then another huge piece of that too, when you talk about things that they're looking at, is the current uh, Thunderbird one, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Astro Elliott. Um, is a uh, test professional school graduate, so he has oh, wow. spent time at Edwards. Yes, this is a a very unique, probably nobody can find anyone else uh, like him right now with his background and qualifications. As far as uh, uh, being a test, a graduated test pilot, he went to our uh, weapons instructor course as well. Uh, you get a special patch for those. So being dual patched um, and having gone through all those is that alone is an astounding requirement. And then uh, leading the Thunderbirds, when you check kind of that box and look at his accomplishments, we asked our historian. A couple people have dug into it. Nobody has uh, accomplished that. So it's just kind of an amazing showcase of uh, what uh, our test professionals can go on to do and contribute in other regards too. So that is, we're thrilled for that. That is, that is awesome. So he graduated TPS and fighter weapon school, and now he's leading to Thunderbirds. Yes. That is, <laughs> to, yeah. to let alone pass. I mean, I've, I've talked to a few people who either gone to TPS or weapon school, but to, to do both of those, that's that's yes. amazing. I know, I know. I'm still processing it some days, and I go, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm busy with other things, but if I have time to think about it, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how that happens. And it's it's just amazing when you talk about the caliber professional that have been out at Edwards, and he's coming back to Edwards to put on the show for us. So it's a great homecoming for him too, in a way, because then he'll finish up the year at Nellis, obviously. But to do to do that Edwards show. This yeah, I, I I'm I yeah I'm I'm kind of speechless also in a way because that's just incredible. Yes, yeah, it is amazing. Um, even all the leadership of the wing is like they're digging like has this happened? Could this happen? How does this happen? Like, what are the odds of this happening? And and that it has happened. So we're trying to celebrate that um, and incorporate as much of that as possible as well too, and make sure people uh, know uh, that that is an Edwards product that has moved on there and is coming back. So. After doing some great, great things for this country, yes. Um, and I'm assuming I'm assuming civilian performers are a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're they're all aviation professionals. They all have their uh, processes set up as far as requesting them. Uh, so similar there. I mean, depending on supply and uh, demand and stuff in the area, I think if you look at our lineup of performers with our uh, stem into it, like you look at like Vicky Benzing coming out in her stem, and she's uh, a college professor. Um, and I think you'll see a theme if you start digging into some of their backgrounds and why they would be attracted to uh, supporting an Edwards uh, show 
with our STEM Expo component. When you look at those uh, uh, wired Collier uh, coming out here is T33. He comes out and flies with Test Pilot School um, on some of their introductory flights. So a lot of these folks, if you start digging into their backgrounds, you don't have to go very far to figure out um, how they're either currently involved with STEM or how STEM kind of got them there and how that ties into um, what we do here at Edwards. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, a lot of great people, they just want to come out and, you know, come back, come back home in a way, or they just want to come out and they know the mission of this air show and they want to come out and be a part of that, uh, that be a part excuse me, be a part of that. So uh, Mark Moriano asked, um, what's something you are personally looking forward to about this air show? So one, I'm going to bring uh, both of my kids are going to come out here, right? And I'm always interested and inspired to see what inspires them. Um, uh, there was an event last fall out here at Edwards and they came out and the fire trucks were on display and my kids did not make it past the fire trucks. There was a multi-million dollar aircraft you know, combat capability, a lot of great things. But I am personally excited for the amount of things we have lined up to just put that smorgasbord out there in front of my kids and see what they pick up and run with and what their interests are and just to fully support those in whatever they get in there. Um, I mean, I think they're going to be enthralled when I talk about some of those other uh, displays we have around there. Um, I fully expect my kids to get into those. I, my kid, I, I, I said it at the wrong time. He was about to go to bed, and I said, we have a robotics field. And his oh, eyes no. got so wide, and just they are just thrilled uh, with a lot of components. So I'm excited to get them out here and just let them kind of go and see uh, where they gravitate towards uh, and just try to stoke that fire for whatever they're interested in and want to do. So that's, that's one I'm definitely interested in. Like, like you said, there's something for everybody at this air show. And I mean, it's also nice to kind of on a personal level as, as a dad, like, oh, cool. The kids are occupied. So you have to try to find something for them to do. Yeah, they'll definitely be engaged. And we have a wide spectrum of things for that, too. Whether it's the STEM Expos, uh, we have like a kid zone and everything and some entertainment there, too, as well. As it is a lot longer event, I also understand the limitations of uh their attention capacity. So I think there's enough stuff too to take breaks uh, and engage them in different ways. Uh, so they're not just stuck with one thing. Yeah. Now I have one last question from Logan Franstead. Uh, he asked, what's the logistics like when trying to plan with other assets and our branches? And we kind of covered that earlier too. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said that they're aviation professionals. Uh, they all really know what they're doing. Um, and a lot of those folks you look to uh, who really want to support this, have the same objectives in mind. Um, so trying to mesh uh, with those other branches, uh, sometimes we have different terms for things, um, but in the end, usually we have the same objectives and goals. So meshing with them is usually not uh, too much of a challenge, and aviation has a lot of great standardization um, as far as when you engage with other folks and say, here's what we want to do. Uh, you can really bring everyone to the same page really fast just with uh, what we normally do every day. And you you hit the nail on the head too with uh, uh, Palmdale Plant 42 south of us and China Lake north of us. Um, and we have Fort Irwin with the Army also kind of uh, sharing oh, yeah. some of our airspace. So we actually have pretty robust relationships here uh, that we rely on to make sure that our joint effort in the military succeeds and how we uh, exercise those and involve some of them in some of our daily operations as well. So we just are just lucky to have those great relationships and be in an area where we share that space 
um, and get to coordinate with them routinely. So it's, it's pretty easy to transition into saying, hey, well, now do you want to also help us with the air show? Well, great. Um, so we have those relationships and that understanding. Yeah. Plus they owe you one at that point or you owe them one and whatever, you know, there's nothing like that, but. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just kind of like we all have the same objectives, you know, and like the, that STEM component too. That's the same stuff that uh, makes them successful too. So they're all on board with uh, trying to get that education, uh, recruitment, inspiration out there. Um, for those folks, uh, they may not join, you know, the Air Force. Maybe they do uh, find that they have that STEM path and it takes them to the Army, uh, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, or something like that too, civil service. Um, really, all of it is great payback for all of us. It's always an amazing thing when we're all the same team, right? Everybody is, even there's different, there's rivalries always when it comes to things like this, but everyone's always on the same team and everybody wants to help out, especially when you realize that this is a very attractive place for a, uh, not just recruitment, but just inspiration as well to see what the next generation is feeling or or just, uh, just being a part of history, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 hard not to find uh, inspiration out here. You know, just step outside and give it a couple minutes, and uh, something will come along. Um, but now we are packing all those couple of minutes into uh, Saturday and Sunday for our general, the general public to come out here, uh, so they don't have to wait for any gaps like a normal flying schedule, and just bringing it all in there and focusing it in a, a, a relatively short period of time over that weekend, so that they can get the most out of it. Yeah. So. Uh... With kind of wrap, wrapping it up, um, any else, anything else that we missed or you want to comment on? I think, you know, big picture, if people want to uh, enjoy it, uh, realizing uh, logistically it, it can be tough getting on here. So I, I just recommend, uh, you know, showing up on the earlier side of things if you've been really committing to the air show uh, to be able to do that if you want to catch any of it. Uh, you know, bringing out some water. We'll have water stations to refill. Sunscreen, walking shoes are definitely going to be good with the amount of space and the lineup we have. If you want to see everything and then, uh, yeah, just excited to have everybody out here to take the time to enjoy the whole thing. Uh, and what time did the gates open at? Uh, eight 30 is when they're going to open the gates and awesome. it'll be all in flow. We're going to try and get as many people in here from, uh, about eight 30 to 1130, um, because we're going to just be max in flow and then we're going to have to flip things around to let people out of here in the afternoon. Just out of curiosity, how many people do you think you're expecting throughout the weekend? Oh, that's a, there's a lot of, uh, I think, uh, rumor and conjecture on how those work uh, across the board and what I hear. Uh, we have estimates from 30,000 to uh, over 100,000 per day. Um, so you could, so we could up, be upward of a demand of uh, 200,000. We do have our gate limitations. I think the flow, the amount of traffic we can just get through there in that three-hour period uh, might limit us to maybe 45,000 per day, which is why we encourage people coming out earlier. Um, we have an app that'll be out if uh, people want to download that to get notifications on the traffic and status um, for when we make that call for when our uh, we're at capacity for the amount of people we can flow onto the installation uh, before we have to uh, kind of reconfigure to allow people to depart. All right. Well, what's what's the app called so people can go download it? Uh, is avairshow.com is going to be the website. Um, I don't know actually the name of the app right now. Okay. Well, we could always put that in the show notes um, when we're done. But I just want to say thank you so much for your time, uh, Major Freeland. It means a lot for a lot to me that uh, you agreed to come on and do this with me. But uh, I I learned a few things and I hope our listener will learn 
a lot of things uh, at this air show uh, next week, I believe. It's the Octo- October uh, 15th and 16th, 2022 at uh, in beautiful Edwards Air Force Base, California, right? Yep, counting down, 15th and 16th, single-digit days. It's, uh, you know, now it's now start like, holy crap, it's happening. This this is it, right? It is, it is. It's a good thing, though. It'll be good oh, to yeah. kind of see the fruits of our labor. Yeah, it's just at the, you know you can't sit back and relax, but you can start just may, after when the 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 performers start rolling and, and the crowds start coming, it's just kind of like all right, well, it's happening, and just have to let it do, do its own thing now. Kind of see it take shape, you know. You oh yeah, all these inputs and everything, and then you can kind of see it uh, develop and grow, and, and it's going to be awesome. Awesome. Well, anyway, Major Freeland, I know you're a very busy man, and I don't want to keep you for much longer. So uh, thank you again so much for agreeing to come on with me. All right. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it. All right, guys, come on. How awesome was that? I hope that hyped you guys up just as much as it did me. And it is going to be an awesome, awesome show. Um, I am bummed I'm not going to be able to make it. But, you know, it's going to be just awesome either way. If you're just out there walking around the hallowed grounds of Edwards Air Force Base, walking along the late bed, looking up and saying this is where everything happened back in the day, or just walking around and seeing something really cool and seeing your buddies out there. I mean, it's been a while since we had full on air shows, right? So it's going to be a great time either way. And so and also, of course, thank you so much to the Edwards Air Force Base Public Affairs team for making this happen. Uh, I am so sorry I'm not able to make it for the media events. Uh, I really hope that we can do something else in the future to make something else happen because I'd love to come on base and record an episode with the amazing men and women who fly and do awesome STEM stuff like like uh, what they're going to be portraying this week. And like I said, guys, it's going to be October 15th and 16th. So get there early because they are limiting people in there. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that may not get in. So get there as early as you can. Enjoy that dry lake bed. Because it is going to be an awesome, awesome event. And I am so looking forward to seeing everybody's uh, everybody's photos that have come out of it. And I do hope everybody has an amazing time. As for me, well, uh, we have another big air show coming up uh, in November. Uh, Aviation Nation. I am going to attempt to do one day down there. It'll be my first air show since Aviation Nation 2019. So I'm hoping I'll be able to get down there and see everybody and... Uh, go have one awesome a day trip down there, flying in from Boise, spend the day down there. And I really hope I get to see some smiling faces and all my friends down there. Um, and if you happen to be down there, please let me know. Uh, one last thing I want to ask for you guys is um, what are you looking forward to seeing at Edwards Air Force Base? Um, I would very much like to know because in the intro of the next episode, which yes, we have another episode lined up. I'm not going to leave you guys hanging. We are going to drop another episode. Um, on Wednesday, the 26th of October. We're going to have another full-blown episode. I got some good stuff lined up, and you guys deserve another full episode. I'm not going to make you guys wait any longer. But let me know what you were looking forward to seeing the most at Edwards. Like I said in the interview, I was looking forward to seeing the L-1011, the DC-8, and the SP. Um, I love old classic airliners, 7-2s, DC-8s, DC-9s. Um, don't get me wrong, all the mili- awesome military flying is so cool to see, but 
seeing those types of aircraft, you know, the only one of the few SPs airworthy and the only L-1011 airworthy and one of six DC-8s airworthy in the same place. It's absolutely incredible. So take your time and go check those out um, on my behalf, please. But please let me know what you guys are looking forward to seeing. And I will absolutely say who said what in the intro of the next episode coming up on October the 26th. And as always, guys, if you have any recommendations for the show, I haven't said this in a while, uh, hit me up, social media channels, BOI Spotter, uh, the Aviation Spotters podcast, Facebook page, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and um, the app Spotters podcast at gmail.com. Slide me an email in them. But um, anyway, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you guys enjoy the Edwards Air Force Base Air Show and and Aerospace Valley Air Show. Um, Thanks again for everybody who made this interview possible. And as always, guys, keep those cameras ready, those batteries charged, and I'll see you guys in two weeks on another new episode of the Aviation Spotters Podcast.